Hello, you're listening to an episode of Dramas Over Flowers. This is The Long Yak, where Saya, Anisa, and Parma, that's me, get together once a month to talk about our current watch lists. Sometimes this means fangirling, but frequently this means disagreements and debates about motives and morality. Join us in our K-drama dissection by subscribing to this podcast, following us on Twitter at dramasoverflow, or emailing us your thoughts at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. If you are supporting us on Patreon, thank you for every episode you help us create. For everyone else, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon too, our pledges start from $1 a month and they make production of this podcast possible. You can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. Now, every long yak is painstakingly transcribed by the amazing K-Drama Daydreamer, who can be found on Twitter at K-Drama Daydreamer. You'll find the link to the transcriptions as well as the timestamps of this episode in the show notes below. And now, welcome to our yak. Everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. This is Parma. And let's just dive right in to okay. Be Psychometric, which is so cool. <laughs> it is! I was not I expecting like, this. It's, um, you know, like, you're so excited about something and you watch it on your own and you're like, this is so good, I love it. And then you go to check out the fan reaction and everyone's like, eh. <laughs> I felt a little <laughs> bit deflated about that. But so I'm glad you feel this way. Can you remind me what the premises because i remember what, hearing about this and then i just like never picked it up is it is it like a mind so, drama or kind of so um the main character who is called uh Ian, uh played by Park Jin Young who is not the Jin Young i was thinking of so who knew there was more than one k-pop Jin Young so <laughs> there is <laughs> so i was watching him all that time he's like you don't look like Jin Young, as in, you know, the other Jin No, Young. this is Got Seven's Park Jin Young, right? <laughs> yeah, but, like, who knew there was... I'm not a K-pop person, yeah. so I don't know. There's a difference between the Got Seven one and the other you one. Just, you just lost us a lot of our subscribers, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. I know. <laughs> don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. I love him. I love him. He's so, like, adorable. But, um, so he, um, uh, uh, was in an accident uh, as a kid and he developed this um, power that when he touches something um, he gets a read on like its history like if it's an object he'll um, like get this knowledge of like how it was made various like bits of information uh-huh. and that's his psychometry so when he touches people um, he can like m- maybe like see parts of their history or things that the you know they've been through or things just like random pieces of something to do with that personal object, um, but he has no control over it. Um, and what happened is that as a kid, um, this was actually really um, difficult to watch that first episode, especially if you're like British and particularly if you're a Londoner and you remember Grenfell, um, because there was basically a Grenfell like situation right at the oh. beginning. Um, and he and um, the uh, a young man who lived in the same apartment complex, um, the that uh, I think he was a teenager or something at that point, but he's young anyway. Mm. He's his um, adopted young, and he rescues um, little Ian. Yeah, just like jumping out of a window um, and landing on a car, and from that point on, he had this power. So there's this. Um, like he hit his head, and from that point on, he's oh, yeah, he had a head, yeah, he had a head injury. Um, Always so, the head injuries. <laughs> Always with that, so, yeah. 
there's this um, uh, 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 overarching mystery of who set the fire and what happened because there's like, you know, some murders happened before that. And there's just, that's the, um, the, the long mystery. And then you have a sort of, do we have week by week cases or am I just making that up? We don't exactly have week by week cases. What we have is uh, Eon's development. Like every week he seems to reach a certain point in his, um, in the development of his power, which is what our short term arc is all about. Eon developing his power, which he pretty much ignored most of his childhood because he got traumatized as a child when he touched someone, found out their background, but the result of that wasn't good. So he stopped yeah, touching because they things. treated him as like, like a, monster. Him as a monster, which reminds me a little yeah. bit of Yusungu in um, I'm Not a Robot. I knew you were going to make that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not even the comparison I wanted to make. The comparison <laughs> I wanted to make is um, Ian. Basically, like, I was watching this and trying to figure out why I liked him so much and what, like, who he reminded me of. And it suddenly struck me. He's basically like Chan from 30 But 17. He even ah, looks like yeah. him. And yeah, he's got that bouncy, innocent energy, and he's like a duckling, and you want to. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I think he and, completely won my heart when, like, in that in that uh, first episode scene where he he's hiding in the sort of like cold storage, like in 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 the morgue, he's hiding from his young, and his young <laughs> kind of like pulls him out of the uh, the that cold storage drawer, and he comes out like hiding his face behind the bag and then he's like sort of like shyly grinning at his brother and like oh my god how adorable are you and he loves him so much oh man i love their relationship like i couldn't figure out if kangsungmo uh who who's the young who's much older than him he's a prosecutor yeah the the uh, with okay so they are they are adults now right um mm. so kangsungmo who's the young he's a prosecutor now and he's like a really well placed really like televised well respected prosecutor and ian uh, the young psychometric boy he is pretty much like jobless didn't do very well in his studies hasn't figured out what he wants to do with his life he just wants to get into sort of like the police business as a psychometric but his powers haven't developed either so it it's but the but the brothers seem to like the adopted brothers i love their relationship that's nice but it's difficult to get a read on on whether hyung is like like the theory that's floating around the fandom right now is um so okay i won't um tell you the speculation yet but basically no one's quite sure what his deal is because sometimes he seems kind of like shady and other times he's like he could not you know he can't be bad but it's it's very um uh, ambiguous you yeah. feel like you're on tenterhooks whenever you're watching him because you're waiting for him to do something terrible but also desperately don't want him to <laughs> exactly uh, the other thing that they do with every episode is that they reveal a little more of what happened in 2005 like when ian was a tiny boy and the fire happened they uh, reveal a little more of the real story so initially we got one version of it and then with every subsequent episode we got somebody else's perspective of that night so you know little by little the mystery is unfolding and as the mystery unfolds you get to know the characters a little better like ian obviously he's the protagonist and he's a positive character there are not many shades to him aside from you know the trauma that he's gone through there is also um his possible love interest and also like the the girl his age uh, which is played by what's her name um 
Shin Yen. I really love her. I man, she done not do so cool. Me. She reminds me of um, Pak Seung in um, uh, School 2013. Do you remember? Um, oh. Yeah, she does. Exactly. I was actually thinking of her. Like, and in, also a little the... bit of Sujung in, in Boksu. Like she's the okay. um, like number one um, in terms of... Yeah, in that she's like a studious, really clever girl. Yeah. yeah. But she takes no rubbish. My one hesitation to watch this was that I didn't really know the actors and they seemed really young and green, but like... You guys are making me really want to watch it because they both sound really good and cute. Oh, they, are, they, are, they are really good. They are really good. The acting here is solid. And I like that um, Like there, is the, there are two generations here with, the, with parallel stories. The main one is, of course, Lee Young and Yoon Jae-in, which is the younger generation just starting out their life. Um, and they have their own mysteries and chemistry. Uh, but there is like the uh, Kang Sung-mo, the, the older brother's uh, generation as well. And him and his, um, uh, the detective that, who's in love with him, um, uh, Yoon Jisoo. Jisoo. Yeah. Yeah, Jisoo. Um, I, I love their dynamic as well because initially uh, I, it, it had that old cliched, you know, the girl is in love with this yeah. old prosecutor and he's ignoring. But I love that in, in the most recent episode, there was a moment where she, she is asking him questions about a case and he's refusing to give her any answers and she very sort of quietly says that I, I, this is the thing about our relationship. You know everything that's in my mind and I never know anything that's in yours. And she says that with so much hurt in her voice, he actually stops and, and reveals an information that he's never told anybody else. And I love that. Like he actually does care about her opinion. It's just that and it was really that moment. Yeah, it was. But I like that glimpse, like that he does care. He's, he's held himself apart, but it's not as if he doesn't care. So, yeah. But you do wonder, like, the way the character is, it makes you wonder, does he really have any feelings towards anybody else? And, yeah, it's, it was a really they both are, You both are going to continue watching. You like it? Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. like, so into oh this. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> into. What, how, how far are you both? Um, up in? to date. I think it's six episodes Yeah, right I'm now? up to date. Yeah, I think Six so. Episodes. I watch this the moment I, you know, it, the moment it's out. Yeah, as soon as it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely going to watch this. And uh, about the power that he has, something that I like is that they are, because it's not as if his power is already established. And it's not like I hear your voice, for instance, where um, Paksu, Paksuha, right? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, Paksuha already knew the bounds of his powers. It's not like it was expanding or he was discovering new things about his powers. Whereas Eon's character here doesn't know the limits of his powers. And frequently when he sort of um, overdoes things, he gets a headache or, uh, or he collapses. So it's like... Oh, interesting. What's really great about this is it's so funny. Like Eon as a character, <laughs> he's kind of... Again, he reminds me, you know, there's just this, it's, it's such a great dynamic to have a dim male hero. As yeah. in, he's not book smart. And no. he, like, this, you, do you remember like in Boksu, how um, Boksu would always um, come up with these sayings that were just slightly wrong, like the quotes? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ian has this thing where um, he will say words and they'll be like, They'll be homonyms of what he was actually trying yes, to say. Right. Or they'll just be slightly wrong. Like, there'll be one letter off. And, <laughs> and both, like, Nuna and Hyung, uh, you know, Jisoo and um, Sungwon, they will be, like, they'll just, like, in Incorrect unison. Like, the three of them, in yeah. fact. And he's just, like, he's so unfazed by it. It's great. Like, it doesn't... 
what like what I really enjoy about this is the way it takes that kind of the the male ego like the 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 one that comes from knowing how great you are like your own being overwhelmed by your own cleverness and intelligence and just knowing that you're better than everyone else and like cleverer than everyone else it just takes that whole element of ego out so you're just left with the humor and the warm-heartedness and just the lulls it's 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 so great it's so funny try out two episodes Nisa. if you're not into it by then just don't oh i think i will be you you will be it's just like i have to wait until i finish all my like final papers (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't start it before because otherwise you're not going to sleep all night and then yeah bad things will happen (laughs) (laughs) so should we move on to the next one Sure. Legal high? Oh, sorry. Did I give that away too soon? <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Legal high. Right. Okay. So I haven't actually watched much of this, just the first episode. And um, I am not sure about this yet. I'm going to give it a couple of more episodes simply because I, I like the actors. I like um, uh, Seo and Su, uh, the actress. I've seen her in, I think, just one other thing. Excuse me. Uh, I've seen her in just one other thing that I remember, which is 100 million stars from the sky. And I liked her there. Um, but I, I don't remember watching Jingu in anything. Do you guys, do you guys know? Oh, any? Yeah. Uh, Descendants him. of the Sun. Descendants of the Sun. Yeah, he's the second lead. That. The, he, that, that's what I've seen him. My God, he looks nothing and also, like he there. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? Genius Itebak, I may be saying that wrong. He was also the, um, second lead ex- Beyonce, whatever, in um, Kim Soyeon's drama with uh, the one where her the heart transplant and the, what was it called again? Uh, I can only remember the terrible Netflix it. title, which is Beating Again. Uh, the Beating Again. Yeah, oh, but that one. The... Falling for Innocence? Wait. Falling for Innocence, that's right. The, wait, the, he he was the second lead, but I remember the second lead <laughs> kind of being evil. No, well, he, well, spoiler, he's the fiance that she had at the beginning of the drama. Oh, the one who died. Right, right, yeah. right. Dude, I did not remember him from there. Yeah. It's, his heart he was at, he, it, it, the, it says he was okay. it says he was in Mr. Sunshine too, which I did not watch, so I, I didn't watch that. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Oh yeah, sorry. The other show I mentioned was Ad Genius yeah. Etipic, just to correct the title. Oh, sorry. Right. I, I really like him. I think he's really, really good. He so he is really, really good. So in the first episode he's just mad. Okay, he's 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 mad as an insane <laughs> mad. It, um, I'm just looking he, at the poster and you said he's mad and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Have you seen this okay, poster? <laughs> so from the poster, I didn't actually get much of what this was going to be about. Um, I went in without reading the synopsis or anything. I just started watching it. And uh, so what this is about is like, these are two lawyers, like um, Jingu's character, um, uh, Go Terim, I think. Um, Terim and uh, Jane uh, are both lawyers. Only Terim is, you know, one of those, not one of those words, <laughs> the only kind of lawyers that exist in drama land who have never lost a date. Sorry, uh, a court case. Never lost a court case. And uh, Jane is a newbie. Like she hasn't, like she's an intern in a law firm. She's never, she has no experience whatsoever. And the first case that she has is one where she's defending a friend and she loses it. So she's desperate to find someone to appeal uh, that case. And she hears about this guy and she already has a bad impression of him because he's insane, like I said. And she goes <laughs> to him and trying to convince him to do the job. But he's like, you can't, you have to pay me a lot of money. 
and she's tr- trying to appeal to his like higher moral character which is not working because like i said he's mad and also he likes money <laughs> what kind of so, mad is he um so he's the kind of mad where he uh, will take the uh, a, a subway seat um instead of giving it to a senior and say that the senior uh, goes to a gym clearly because he's holding a gym bag and he's in better health than i am so i need the seat more than the senior does so <laughs> yeah the, he he is amazing at spouting legal arguments even though what he says makes no moral ethical sense maybe but you cannot like argue back and at, at like the I moment someone like this <laughs> right so so one of the final moments of the episode which actually was something that i really liked was that after the confrontation and everything happens uh, jane like kind of becomes defeated and frustrated and she starts walking away and she was there when that subway incident happened like he he spouted these arguments at her and she couldn't say anything and she had to go so now uh, practically several like probably weeks later at that moment when she's super frustrated that he won't take the case she storms back in and she kind of gives him an amazing rebuttal and he's he looks very sort of chastised and he's like you're right but it's two weeks too late you should have said it then and this girl looks oh. crestfallen <laughs> and man i i i really like that but it's it's like he is he is mad in that sort of mad genius way he is really really obsessed with winning cases and um and he's also sort of obsessed with of expanding his legacy and his empire and it's just something that he's like people around him people who care about him sort of feel concerned about that he's that obsessed with it but he's also sort of funny so you would laugh at him if you if you knew him in person but you could not argue back um against him so yeah i am not sure how i feel about this drama yet because it's too confusing um so uh, so jane's own character has this slightly weird narrative where she it doesn't like hitting people but then she gets almost assaulted by uh, uh, her boss and she hits him and he gets really hurt and then tries to sue her and then well whatever she she gets out of that <laughs> but um after that she starts training um in martial arts she's like oh no i can hit people now so i'm it, it is very random so i'm not um let's it see sounds- i'm going to i'm going to give this another episode Yeah, and like huh. this is a remake of the hit Japanese drama for 2012. And it's, oh, it sounds yeah. a little wacky in the way that I find Japanese like Japanese workplace, drama, yeah. especially like workplace drama, <laughs> they tend to be pretty like off the wall and kind of wacky. Like Oh, which reminds me also um so Jingo's character, he's left this big firm and the people of that big firm, like the the guy who sort of like is the senior most uh, lawyer, I guess. he hates jingu for having left them and wants to destroy him so he made up a case like a case that jingu had to lose he he is obsessed with sort of like pulling down jingu's 100% winning rate so <laughs> there is that parallel story going it's it's kind of it's it kind sounds of like a manga <laughs> like yeah it's exactly animal. what i was thinking like one of those where there's like continual battles yeah <laughs> <laughs> like one battle yeah. after another yeah <laughs> 
Also, Jingu is pretty good at like comic roles. Yeah. So yeah, he is. He he got a lot of laughs out of me here. I mean, I'm I was I was a bit frustrated uh, about like not being able to pin down his character, but he is doing physical comedy amazingly, and his facial expressions are they have this entire range of hilarious expressions. <laughs> so. Mm. You yeah, should try I, out um, Ad Genius as well. You'll enjoy him in that. It's an um, what, what was that? It's called Ad Genius Itebek. Um, it was the drama that he did. Uh, when did he do it? Um, just after. Oh, just before Falling for Innocence. So it was 2013. Uh, is it, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, it's another workplace drama. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of workplace dramas about ad companies, did I ever tell you that I did end up watching Miss Temper what? and Mom Junkie? You oh, watched yeah, it? We never talked about it. You just mentioned briefly in passing that you'd watched it, but we actually didn't get to talk about it, so we yeah. can do that now. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, we have like nine minutes. I can... <clears throat> yeah, I just, I did watch it. I, I think my expectations were really high because both of you said you loved it so much. Um... It was enjoyable. I think I found it a little bit frustrating just because um, I think my favorite part was just like the dynamics between everybody in the office. That was really nice. Um, and like their, their like, like their, their journey as a company was really nice. Like just of them sort of like figuring out what they wanted to do. And then they had some kind of that evil guy that was her ex-husband that like comes back and tries to ruin their company played by Yeon Jung-un. You know, do you guys yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that was, <laughs> it was like, you know, it was well done. It was still like, I think the love story was kind of lukewarm. Um, it was super low-key. It was low-key. And I didn't mind that it was low-key, but I I think part of what I found a little bit frustrating was that, like, he was so vulnerable and, like, in touch with his emotions. And she was so cold and out of touch with her emotions or like everything was so suppressed and quiet, which like, I guess they were doing that thing where like they're opposites and then they attract and they make each other's lives better. But I felt like it was, it made it a little hard to connect with the heroine at times. And so, yeah. I felt like they, um, they didn't really like push the romance. The romance wasn't the point. No, I it agree. Was sort of a very latent kind of almost there, but you don't quite see it. Yeah, and I didn't, that I didn't. At some point, it will happen. Yeah, I didn't mind that. That the fact that it was kind of left as a thing that would probably happen at some point in the future. It's just that as a as a boss and as like a team member, she was also kind of distant and hard to. And I mean, that did make some of the moments where she kind of cracked a little bit, like really feel like oh, like she's she actually does love them and she cares about them. But I just found that like having her be so emotionally distant for the majority of the drama, just, I don't know. It just like dampened a little of my enthusiasm for it. I don't know. No, yeah, that makes sense. Can I just say that um, I didn't love it. I enjoyed it. So it's not kind of a, you know, not a go-to recommendation. I enjoyed it. I thought you would enjoy it more than me. So yeah, I mean, I it, it was a fun happen. watch. No, it was a fun watch. It just didn't, like, leave a lasting impression or, you know, you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, that was good. And then I just moved on. And which is probably why I forgot to even, like, talk about it on the drama, you know, on, the, on the podcast. Eowon e- has, um, I, don't, I don't feel like I've ever seen her doing sort of a warm, bubbly kind of role. She's always done these cool, distant roles that I've seen her in. I may just not be watching the right dramas. But, um, like, to me, she's... I 
kind of characterize her as a, a quite a dis- emotionally disconnected coldish yeah. kind of I think part of it is character. just that she doesn't have like a super engaging screen presence so maybe because she was playing that kind of character and then as an actress she's not the kind that like draws you in as much as maybe some other people mm-hmm. that kind of contributed to it because I know there are some actors who have such a strong charisma that even if they play a character that's kind of reserved and whose emotions you don't really have access to, like you still connect you can with feel, them. yeah, you can feel like how much is under the surface. Like for example, um, what's his name? Jo, Jo Sung. Oh Sorry. my God. Which one? No, jo- the jo- actor, the actor from Forest of Secrets. Why can't, oh, oh, why, uh, why jo- coming to jo- me? Oh yeah. Jo Sung Yes, Tosungu. Oh, I'm such a bad fan. Anyway, he <laughs> is very unemotional in that yeah. for most of it, but you can feel how much is under the surface. Yeah, yeah he is like mesmerizing in that. So yeah, I, I just I found that. But it was it was he, enjoyable. He's even it's, better in God's Gift, which watch at your own peril. I yeah, I heard about the ending and I'm not going near that thing. So you'll be okay because you know. <laughs> I guess maybe I'll just watch Life instead. You, even though I hate medical do you drama. know what um, I uh, sort of realized? It, I suppose it took me about five years to come to this conclusion, or how many years it's been. Um, it was still worth watching despite the ending. I couldn't forgive it for a good five years, but now I'm like, you know what? That was still a really good drama, and I'd watch it again. Okay. So if you're prepared, you may not be uh, as devastated and distraught and generally destroyed. I guess, but even like the whole kidnapping and like the mother searching for her child thing is like a little oh, bit it is hard dark. for me to it watch. Yeah, I don't know, okay. even without that ending. If okay, I was... So if you're a mystery thriller fan, you should try it. But if you're not, then just enjoy the fun things. So I wanted to smoothly segue from um, legal high, from one legal drama to another. But yeah, we got a little waylaid by Ms. Temper and Nam Jungi in the middle. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Ad Genius E.T. Beck, so uh, <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> it's okay, I got the line in, so I forgive you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now we can finally make our way back to touch your heart or reach of sincerity. How did you guys like the... Uh, wait, uh, Anissa, have you, have you watched the last two episodes? No, I got to the end of 14, and you both have finished it? I uh, have. Yes. Okay. Although I feel like 15, 16 are basically like an epilogue. They are, but we shouldn't say that. Anissa hasn't oh, watched no, it. Hasn't, she'll love it. This is like, Anissa loves this stuff. She'll lap it up. I, I, I the, agree. I like, agree. This, this, is how, this is how you should do fluff. Like, you know how after a secretary came, we were all like, there were four Annoyed, episodes of fluff yeah. and it was, yeah. uh, but th- these two episodes were like fluff, but also relationship building fluff. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, and I i mean, I knew that all the plot stuff was over by the end of episode 14. You can oh, tell. Maybe episode 10. <laughs> what, uh, what, yeah, was, I mean, what was that stalker thing even? Uh, I remember how the show, it just makes um, such a valiant effort to be a serious drama. But it's, uh, you, we all know you're not a serious drama. You are a romance, and you do not need to pretend otherwise. We will love you. Actually, the fact that it attempted to be serious about it did make me like it more because sometimes when it goes too deep into its romance it like it murders the rest of the story and it tried and it made it feel more 
no, so this this is this is not just romance but there there can be serious romances and like fluffy romances like there are plenty of different types of romances this is like romance by the book there is i i can't imagine a trope that has not been employed here like short of amnesia and like your my sibling <laughs> sort of mysterious birth secret no, there's no cancer right no cancer <laughs> Oh, no cancer. Yeah, no cancer. Yes. yeah. I guess that that's always a win when there's no cancer. But you know, all, all the good, like funny, sweet tropes, all of them have been employed. And I'm just, um, and you know what, at the end of the drama, I probably because I was watching this while it was currently airing, I was looking back like, um, there is this moment, um, and they said, this is not a big spoiler, just a, just a tiny one. Okay. Um, there is a moment where Yuna's character, like after her drama has been has been aired and stuff, she is just giving a minor speech to her cast members and all of that stuff. And um, you you watch that moment and you think weeks back when she was giving that adorable um, sort of thank you speech with her little award from the law firm oh, yeah. in that camp thing. <laughs> yeah, and and you're like you. It's like we have lived that moment with her, and I I really like the quiet progress that was done in like there was character building done there, but it was so subtle that you could hardly see it. I mean, um, I like the callback. It's definitely her drama. Like this drama oh, lives yeah. and dies based on you and I. Like she yeah. brings so much life and like liveliness oh, and humor. I don't understand and, like, why she's not always a lead actress it's just yeah, i don't get it got so much charisma and like her little chip and range i love her like, so much she went from <laughs> she went from sunny and goblin to this i mean come on the range this woman has got like how is she not she's so I, good she's so yeah. good yeah my issue with this drama was just uh, like you were t- saying like it tries to be a serious drama or like in another way you could say that it tries to have like plot but it never quite goes deep enough into anything so that I'm always left with this like sort of unsatisfied feeling like I was like okay I'm on board with where you're going with this and then it just kind of like goes a certain amount and it just stops so like like with the stalker plot line like it could have been something a little interesting that could have you know had something to say about like what it's like to be an actress and especially in yeah. this environment where like you know you have oh my god i actually thought it was it was related like b- because because the stories are so i don't i mean how can it be they had shot like weeks before uh this thing oh, had, was like, this not, oh, oh, had. Oh, oh, okay no i mean in the general sense of the way that we've been having sort of me too um Ah, um, I guess yes. Stories. I think that is what it was a callback to. Instead of like directly being about how like certain uh, agencies push their actresses to sort of prostitute themselves, instead of being something about as something as dark as that, here the agency is like sort of like I, I don't know, gullible, a benevolent godfather. I, I, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. How does the girl? How do? How does their actress get cornered in another room away from them like that? Anyway, just like um. Anyway, yeah. The agency was kind of terrible. Like, I did not. They were acting like they were on her side, but uh, they were out for themselves, honestly. But... Oh, and the the manager, Opa. Man, I had such murderous thoughts about that guy. Oh, my God, I hated him. Oh, I hated him. He was so... (laughs) He was so bad. I can't believe... The whole thing with the noble idiocy and I'm breaking up with you for your own good was just like so annoying. Yeah, and, and she didn't even get mad at at him when she found out that he was the one who had like sort of 
emotionally manipulated Erong uh, to into breaking up with her. The hell! I would he have really like, manipulated him. He sort of straight up said, "You should do this." It wasn't like uh, underhand. Yeah, but you know the emo- emotional manipulation comes into that that uh, into the thing where he he basically told Erong Wook that you're going to harm her career so you should let her go if you love her i mean come on that's a decision that the two of them need to take it just he i was I mean, angrier at edong look for he did it behind yumana's yeah. back is, because is, he is lied why. to her and he was like yeah it's definitely because i'm mad at you and like i don't want to be here with you he didn't actually say it in those words he was like oh, it's, come on yeah, because of it's, he said it's because of the things you said without saying it himself so i felt like he was yeah. um like he deliberately did that like he didn't bring those reasons out of his own mouth he was just like going along with her story i mean i'm sorry that doesn't make it i'm not saying it makes it better (laughs) i'm just saying that that i'd I'd think that they did like do that in a quite like in that specific way to make it like that but um, also yeah. maybe I've been watching this wrong. I don't. I don't feel as mad as you guys did. <laughs> I was just like, I thought no, that he was. No, it was um, just that he had so many opportunities. He was watching you and I suffer. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, what's her name here? Yunso. What's her name? Yunso. Yunso. Right. He was watching Yunso suffer. Like the manager opa. He was like he was watching her suffer every day, and he wasn't saying a thing because he after all, he was out for the agency. No, I mean, come on. There were plenty of scenes after that where she was clearly crying and he was looking all guilty. But he wasn't saying anything because clearly he wanted the drama thing to get over. And I don't know. And just Yeah, I mean, because I'm actresses and all of that. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I, think, I was not that bothered. I, I feel like... The, I the agency <laughs> was being an agency. So, like, even though I was mad, I was like, okay, they're going to be an agency. Like, basically what okay, they see her as is, her, is an investment. Like, that's what she is to them. It's yeah. A job and an investment, right? So I was like, okay, whatever. You guys are horrible, but I understand that that's how things work. But with Edong Wook, I was like, come on. Like, this whole time, they were so honest with each other. They never, you know, like, it was all about open communication. And he had promised her so many times that he would be on her side no matter what. And even when the manager came up to him and was like, you should break up with her, he was like, that will never happen. And then, like, he has one sleepless night and then he decides to just break up with her for her own good. But don't you, yeah. don't you kind of see this whole sequence as inevitable? I almost don't blame characters for these things. They are made... Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like the episode 12 curse, right? I mean, it was episode 12. It had That's to happen. It was episode 12 and it was precisely for that reason. I mean, had to yes, <laughs> but I also feel like that meta reason of, like, production stuff doesn't make me forgive the drama story for doing things like that i'm i'm not as nice as you i guess <laughs> I, but <laughs> as well, that also goes back to my point about how the show just like falls short like 10 percent of actually mm. fulfilling its goals because there was a way in which they could have written it and presented it that would have been like actually would make a little bit more sense but the it just like never quite goes deep enough like they never quite went deep enough to the stalker backstory you just like see like one or two flashbacks you don't really see how deeply it affected her life so that had not that much of an emotional impact on me even though like you and I really did a good job selling the scenes that she had and then like and that's the same thing with like the breakup and makeup whatever the only one thing that I felt it was kind of worth it for that whole sequence of them being pushed apart is that you like watch him every day how he's like sitting at the bus stop and going to work oh and, like, i love that the bus and then there's that and he's like totally like blank faced and he's just like working really hard and then there's that moment where he just like 
breaks cries and then you see that this was wiping time, away tears myself at that point yeah and he and then you see that this whole time the reason he's been taking the bus is because there's this big screen of her advertisement across the street and he can see it when he gets on the bus and i was just like oh that, was also, like, that, that actual moment when he breaks down crying and it's like you know like he's racked with these silent sobs and I found that such a powerful little yeah and I don't moment. think that I've ever seen him cry that well before like he's not, not that even good goblin. at crying no no the oh, actor, my goblin no. he was yeah goblin was was yeah he was good in that too but in he general, cried he buckets in goblin yeah man that was like epic crying as in the weight <laughs> of the ages and <laughs> no but to be to be um to be honest in this particular drama which as as you said it was Yuna's drama Irong work um probably shown in exactly that episode most because in, in every other scene that he had like he he brought his own charisma and persona with it and he's adorable you all love him but it was nothing amazingly special it was nothing that another actor couldn't have done you know, but it's just that Edong uh, Wook heartbroken is something special to watch. It's just that he does it really well. At least he did it really well here. Yeah, I mean, I think in his earlier stuff, he wasn't as good at crying, which is maybe what I'm remembering, like My Girl and things like that. But oh, God. He was, that was like, no, he was ten, not. 10 years ago, wasn't I it? Feel, yeah, but I feel like for him, like, <laughs> acting-wise, Goblin was a turning point. Because before that, I found him hard to connect with in, like, emotional scenes. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see, because I really like him, like, as a person, as an, as an actor. So also, maybe it's just, like, magically needs to be with you and all the time I, I, oh I, man i am i'm real life shipping them so much i just want <laughs> there to be like a real announcement that i don't know they're getting married or something something real not dating speculations but like you know something real that i can just be like oh with like hearts in my eyes <laughs> yeah there's, oh, there's just uh, one more thing i want to mention before we move on sorry i need to do you want to yeah go ahead go ahead i also have um, one more thing uh, about the cases that we were talking about um I, like i totally agree with you about them being not um just not deep enough and also i felt like everything was over a little too quickly but i was really glad that they revisited um that that final case the immunity case you know with yes. the murder um because like um it feels like that that yak, the last yak we recorded a really long time ago, but I just listened to it like yesterday or something. So it came out that, just that conversa- almost. <laughs> yeah. So that conversation, um, like, you know, it, it felt like a new conversation as I heard it yesterday because, of course, we listened to our own work. Um, and you know how uh, we, I was talking about um, the unlikeliness of someone like Sumyong being um, a, a perpetrator rather than a victim? I really like how that played out with him actually turning out to be the victim after all yeah and not the real sort of premeditated um what's it called what was it premeditated it wasn't premeditated it was like a moment of passion he was trying to protect the nuna so was, he yeah, apparently yeah. No, as in as in the nuna the uh immunity was the one who had yeah, premedi- her and her ex-husband were planned were had premeditated so and, i i did have yeah. an issue with that though i don't think it was executed very well like i liked that i liked two, two aspects of it one is that thank you for uh going back to that case because it made me desperately uncomfortable how um jongrook right jongrook's character had like practically cornered him and made him uh, admit that he was the murderer yeah. that was just 
horribly it was, done. It was awful. And I'm glad that I, he I'm, like pay penalty. And it was a redemption exactly. for him to, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that the hero was wrong and he had to redeem himself. I, I really like that because you rarely get that in a romance drama. But the thing that bothered me was how they showed, um, though I forget the uh, original, uh, what was her name, the Nuna's name? Immunehi, um, uh, yeah. I think. Immunehi, right? So I, I, I found that a bit ridiculous. Like it, it's fine that she's like practically a, a serial killer or rather a, a, a real con man. Um, in that her, her father died. Her, she sort of like fake killed her husband, got two insurances, and then went on to marry this third person while her first husband was actually still alive, but like an accom- an accomplice. But the thing that I found really weird was how on earth could she manipulate the uh, delivery boy into murdering her husband? Even if, and, and how could she always... No, they like, explained that, didn't they, about her priming they, him? They did a really bad job of it. They said that she kept, she kept asking him to come over to her house for deliveries and always presented herself in a situation where she was being abused. And it's just that, it, that sounds very weird that it was always so well-timed. And the other th- thing is that how could Wasn't she force that it was deliberate? She did that totally on purpose. She might not even, be, even have uh, been beaten by. But her how could she predict that he would go and and kill the guy? That it just why it wasn't but, predicting. But it, it was she was trying to program him, and that was the whole thing that he was like manipulable and uh, an easy target for her to sort uh, of. See, for me, that was a bit too far fetched. It how it is the whole thing is far fetched. I mean, yeah. I found it more far-fetched that, like, Idawok was able to, like, get the, the ex-husband's fingerprints from a glass wall that's, like, in public on the street after, like, months have passed. <laughs> really? <laughs> outdoors? I was like, okay. That yeah, that, that was... I wasn't taking yeah. it seriously. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I think I would have liked the, like, that, that part of the... I think I would have liked that part of the story a bit more if instead of making the the original uh, victim like uh, Nuna into uh, the the sort of like long haul con man type person, if it had simply been a story where like she got caught, like uh, uh, like the police uh, took her into custody, said that you've murdered your husband, it did turn out that she was sort of protecting the boy. And that he had come and stabbed the uh, the the man, the her husband, her abusive husband. Maybe she was the second, was the one who went and sort of stabbed her husband the second time. So maybe she was the one who did the give gave the killing blow. But this way, she sort of got out of it, not purposely. She didn't really want the young boy to sort of you know get accused of murder. But this way, she got out. So she took the insurance money and ran. It just it, it it's a little more complex, is all I'm saying. Like, but that's the thing that, with this drama is that it doesn't bother to be that complex. <laughs> yeah, that's but the it, whole it's thing. it's actually less complex than what they gave us, which is this bizarre long con. <laughs> I I'm just I that is so much harder for me to take than this woman, who did murder her husband but was acquitted because this lawyer had found the boy who had like stabbed her husband once and she decided to just go with the acquittal instead of coming and saying hey i was the one who stabbed him the second time but so really the boy was not like there. actually a legal drama it's just a romance drama dressing <laughs> up it's just the simpler way to go why didn't yeah. the writer choose the simpler way to go yeah, I don't know. Ah, because they just needed a villain. Is is all I'm saying. It, whenever you they have needed, drama, they with, needed to fill another hour. Yeah. that's what they need. <laughs> 
yeah. A lot of times, I, I feel like ro- uh, romances in particular would just be better as twelve episode dramas. Always, they really don't need to be sixteen. Always twelve episodes. I think fourteen yeah. would fourteen would kind of make me happy. Fourteen gives you time for your epilogue. Can I just? Can I just... Exactly. Go on, Anissa. You can just go on. Yeah. So <laughs> a. The other problem with this is that it wasn't just 16 episodes. It was 16 70-minute episodes, which <gasps> every right. episode feels so much longer. That was so I was speed-watching it, so I kind of was, you know. By the end, I kind of started to do that, too, yeah. And the other thing I want to say is that I just, like, really, like, to go back to the things that we liked about it, I just really appreciated how... I think this is one of the things that the show did really well, is the whole thing with the CEO and him and how he had this whole thing about how he was like, fine, I'll just, you know, I'm going to get my own redemption. And the CEO was like, what about me? What about like the rest of the, the firm like, care about us? And like how he just like, and then even when he then resigned, he was like, what do you think of me? Like you have been such an important person in my life. Like what am I to you? Like just a boss, like that whole thing of how Sewan had to come in and like be the middleman and get them to make mm-hmm. up. I just like really like that whole thing. Like they're, and especially Sorry, their backstory yeah. and their relationship. Like, that was the one thing that felt really fleshed out to me. So I, I liked that a lot. Especially because he's been presented as, as this kind of um, laughable character most of the time. So you don't really take him seriously. He's just like this fanboy who um, thinks he, he's like cooler than he is. And, and then you get that moment of yeah. total sort of heartfelt seriousness. And you're like, oh, get me in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> and you also realize like, oh, this is why Jungrok has been sticking around for so long. Like this is their, mm-hmm. their history as friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. And because you always get that vibe in their relationship anyway, that they genuinely care about about each other and that he's like um you know see and ojung say is so good at this is that he's got this great comedic um uh timing yeah he's um, always so time. good yeah but he always brings that emotion as well like yes. um like simultaneously he's making you laugh at the same time as he's making you sort of clutch your heart so he's, yeah. he's really great and he's been the saving um grace of many a bad drama agree yeah, I'm looking so. at you, Mary's choice. <laughs> oh God, that drama had no saving grace. Let's not go down that dark path. I, just, I will just start ranting. Oh man, I hate that drama. But yeah, on the whole, Tetra, it was fun, right? It was like a really fluffy, cute, adorable watch, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it the was. other thing, just just one last thing, which is that, like, you know, we were saying how um, low-key and low-conflict the romance was. In a way, that felt kind of revolutionary because we're so used to having so much conflict in romances. So for mm. them to, like, you know, like the jealousy stuff or, you know, when um, John Locke is on a blind date and, uh, you know, instead, like, there's a certain formula for what should happen next. And then it's just, it's not that. And she's like, oh, everyone thinks you're so cool. How am I going to deal with this? And it's, just, it's, it's so refreshing. To well, that's have... what. Good. That's what made the fact that it used like every trope in the book easily digestible is because they didn't do the the thing that they always. Or because it it trope. kind of it was like it did subvert it, but in like the way that you wouldn't have expected, but in in a drama, but you would hope for in real life. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah. Okay. I think we can segue to our next legal drama so, not on the list. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna. Oh, I had a really good segue though. Oh no, go and you do it. You do it. Okay, so I was gonna say like we can go from romance by the book to romance is a bonus book. 
Oh, that is a really good one. I was going to say, let's just go straight to um, Your Honor, but let's do this. Okay. What did you think of Romance as a bonus book? We all finished it, right? Yeah. Yep. So I just love this show, beginning to end. I yeah. love the whole thing. Yeah, it was like it was me too. Sort of lyrical and poetic and totally unrealistic, but it was just, it was... So enjoyable. Yeah. And like, the, like you were saying last time, it's such a writer's uh, drama as well. Totally. Totally. Almost way... to the point of being a little bit self-indulgent, but like, yes. I feel like all yeah, three absolutely. of us just enjoy that, so we don't care. Like, you don't, you don't want too many dramas like that, but every once in a while when a drama like that comes along, you're like, uh... It reminded me a little bit of, you know, um, like, a Poem A Day's poetic interludes? Mm. Like, it was a kind of... It had the, that kind of um sort of um what is it called sort of self-reflective slightly poetic interludes as well like especially you know when the credits were rolling at the end and they would have these little um uh passages of right. like snippets of their feelings for each other and the things they think i just like as a writer i loved that so much yeah yeah as a tv watcher i didn't quite love it as i feel like out of the three of us I'm not as 100% fully enthusiastic, but I find this is a really rare drama in that like my feelings about it after it has ended and how I feel looking back are actually fonder than the moments when I was watching it, which is weird. I've never had that experience before, but like once the final credit rolled and then they were like, dear viewers, the moon is beautiful. I was just like, oh, I'm dead. This is so yeah. nice. You like, killed me it ended. Yeah, it was so, like, that scene of them, like, holding hands and running through, and their coworkers are all like, wait, what? Like, everything about it was just great. The epilogue was great. I just have so much affection for these Kyoto people. Like, they're just... Like, ah. it was such a, like, a family. It wasn't so much a work, it was like a workplace family kind of yeah. drama. As in, you really felt the bonds between the people, uh, the, um, the love they felt for each other, the lengths they would go to for each other. And it was just like you kept, um, like those bonds and um, things kept being tested and pulled and challenged and stretched. And yet they would always sort of come back to each other with a, a, a deeper understanding. And, um, you know, their feelings for each other would just kind of grow. And then, yeah, the trench coats were great. <laughs> easy oh my god um, but like what you said about it being like a workplace family drama usually when they frame workplaces as a family I'm like very suspicious and kind of icked out because I feel like that's a lot of times just a way for them to take advantage of the employees who don't have as much power but in this mm -hmm. case I really did feel that it was a pretty egalitarian sort of I mean, there's still some power dynamics, but it, you did feel like that genuine feeling of like they all. Oh, like how much other. did you ship um, Goisa and uh, the CEO by the end? Oh my God, they were so, <laughs> were so ready for this. And also, I love like the CEO. Um, similar to like uh, Touch Your Heart CEO is, and I like that these two are sort of concurrently airing as well because we got these two really good CEOs. Yeah. Um, so you had. Um, you know what that conversation that he has with uh, Goisa at the end where he's like he, it's he accepts the way she is you know the whole button sewing scene and everything and where he was saying that it's 
okay for her to be mm. you know to be her because she brings balance to the rest right. of them because that's how as and he was telling her she was important the way she was that she didn't need to change for anybody and she certainly didn't need to change for the company and that because of her the company had prospered because like a lot of the time the impression that we would might have formed ourselves up until that point at least would be that she's rigid she's inflexible she should be more flexible that she should perhaps be more compassionate and forgiving and that kind of thing but what he tells her is no that actually we need you to be like mm. this because it keeps all of us in check it keeps the company moving and like you know there was that uh, point early on where um uh, Una, uh, tells her don't forget that the company is made up of people yeah um and it's a really nice counterpoint to that in that the company is still a company it's still a machine that has to operate um to in order you know for the benefit of those people even if it sometimes seems like it's heartless yeah, and yeah. it was such a good thing. Like you could see, and her the actress is so good that you could just see in her eyes that, that how was like the best was. thing that yeah. she had ever heard from a man in her life, and also from like a coworker. Like it was just mm. so nice. Isn't her. that really like you couldn't have said a better thing to yeah. her to sort of um it was just totally get her. It was perfect. It's a perfect really moment. Was. Yeah, true. Norma, we've been talking. And you were sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's because it's because in the last yak, I think I I I kind of spilled all my feelings about this drama. <laughs> so I'm yeah, I, I am I'm enjoying sorry, this sorry, in these ways. No, no, go on, go on. I was gonna say there's one thing that we didn't uh, mention last yak, which is um the the sort of inside look at the publishing world that uh, this drama gives you. Um, mm. I, we have a lot of dramas that are sort of set in publishing companies but I don't think any of them have sort of focused so lovingly on on books and the process mm. of creating books and the life oh, yeah. of like the written word it was and a love letter to books honestly it was uh, you know again as a reader um it's just such a like I loved that part of it so much agree but also I liked how they showed the like Gueru was one kind of publishing house and almost like an idealistic version of what a publishing house should be. And then uh, when Dani gets kicked out um, and or rather she leaves because she just like there was that humiliating uh, situation. Um, and she and, and then director Go gives her an opportunity to go and work for a small, which again was a moment I loved because she, here is a woman who worked by the book and pretty much pushed Dani out of the publishing house. She wanted Dani to leave at that moment because in her mind, she was making everybody else uncomfortable working as a lower level staff when her qualifications were so much higher. That's a hierarchical problem to be addressed elsewhere. But I love that even though she went by the book, she had sympathy enough to, and she saw enough potential in Dani that she called her and she was like, here, here is a small publishing house, start here work here for a year at least it's going to be a struggle but you know just just stick it out mm. and then Dani goes in there with all of this optimism and then within a couple of weeks she's like <laughs> done it's like the worst that our publishing house could possibly be yeah and uh, yeah so that's funny I, I I like that I like that they didn't just show us like the blossoms and the rainbows of, of what you know, as if like the entire publishing house is full of book lovers and nobody tries to <laughs> uh, take advantage of people. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I think the only other two things that I want to add are like, I, I didn't really feel, from the beginning, I didn't really feel much chemistry between the leads. I felt like the way what? that they're... Yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> they're really <laughs> outraged. Okay. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but keep going. Go on, go on, go on. I mean, they're keep really going. good actors and they did a good job and, and the writing was really well done. But personally, for me, I didn't feel as much chemistry. So for me, like the whole ensemble cast was like what I really enjoyed. And then the second thing is that like, as expected, the whole thing with like the writer that disappeared and he was like secretly Jisoshin's dad and there was this whole plot line like that was not satisfying for me because there was no emotional connection. It was so, everything had already happened off screen. Like we don't know this guy, like we have no connection to him. It was just a really weird, unnecessary plot line that like, I don't know. It okay, was not I, I have extra. I, I have I have a theory about that. Mm. I have a theory about this. So I was thinking about why it was necessary for the writer to include this plot line because everything was stitched together so well. This uh, sort of like hidden writer thing where Guru is this misunderstood publishing house by the rest of the industry and nobody knows the secret of where this writer went and just... Um, it was unnecessary and had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. So I was wondering why. And it occurs to me that Romance as a Bonus Book is essentially Dani's story. I mean, there is the ensemble cast and all of that stuff, but it's Dani's story. It's not Yunho's story. But the hero of a drama needs to have his own hero moment. And in Dani's journey, yes, in, 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 in all of drama land, show me a, a drama where he doesn't. Okay. My point yeah. is that Dani, like in Dani's journey, like usually heroes, they get the hero moments by rescuing the heroine. That might be in the workplace, that might be outside, that might be in social situations or in personal situations. But they get the hero moments like that. But here, Dani doesn't let this guy, it's not even that Dani doesn't let this guy, that's not Chayuno's character. He would not interfere in her journey. Yeah. He, he's a supportive guy. And to be that supportive guy, that that absolutely robs him of of the, you know, sort of the the formulaic hero moments that he would have otherwise gotten. Which, by the way, uh, as we said in the last yak, Edong Gok's character gets in mm. uh, Reach of Sincerity. He gets all the hero moments by saving the heroine. So he he Chao, you know, doesn't get that here. So he needed his own hero moment, and he gets his hero moment by saving this dude with Alzheimer's who we know nothing about and then quietly suffering being misunderstood for years yeah, yeah that's my theory okay yeah i mean that makes sense but it doesn't make me like it, no, it doesn't make me happy I, I actually was quite moved by that um part oh it was it was well written but it had nothing like it was completely unessential like if you've taken that plot completely out of the book okay. nothing would have changed <laughs> Oh, um, another thing is that this romance is a bonus book felt like a like a book to me. Like mm. I was reading a you really well written book. Out, by the way, I, I just did, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, you're right. It does feel like a book. It does, and it, that's intentional. Like it wants to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all the best parts happen through dialogue and like in your head from reading things on the screen or from characters yeah. reading things out loud to you or from like you know. What or allusions yeah. to literature, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely yeah. on brand for us, I think. Can I add one last thing? Of course. Sure, and then I'll add one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, just to be, like, somewhere in the middle between the two of you about the chemistry. I didn't feel they had no chemistry. I just felt like, um, did you guys finish watching Boyfriend? 
No, I didn't. Which one is boyfriend? Oh, Encounter. No, I, I didn't watch the last okay, two episodes. So I haven't actually finished it, but I I picked it up again this week when I was like, well, I've finished all my dramas. What can I watch now? And um, I just picked it up again from the Masquerade Bowl. And like, you know, Pogum and his baby face and the whole, the way that Song Hye looks like his Nuna. And in the same way um, here, Ina Young looks like um, she's his older brother, uh, uh, sister even. Um, <laughs> she does not look like his older brother. Her haircut isn't that bad. So. <laughs> but like the other thing I think about that is that it's it's true that that is a, a dynamic that comes out not just in them but in a couple of other couples that I can't think of right now. But I remember feeling it before. But also, I don't feel like it's always necessary for there to be some kind of electric chemistry for people to have a that uh, relationship with each other. Again, also poem a day, like. I feel like it's part of being able to, like being an adult and making choices about your relationship is that you don't rely on one dynamic, like whether you have a kind of physical chemistry or, you know, a chemistry that appears romantic to other people because you choose who you get Mm. to be with. So even if you do look like somebody's baby brother, you can still have a relationship because that's how, you know, that's the great thing about being human, being able to make choices. That's true. I guess the only thing with when you're spending like 16 hours, being on the side of wanting the couple to get together. If they have chemistry, it just makes it a lot more But what, uh, But do you feel they had no chemistry or they didn't have the kind of chemistry that you wanted them to have? Um, I think they had a very like low-key, kind of friendly, nice chemistry, but it wasn't electric, like you said, which was fine. Like I didn't, I wasn't like upset by it or anything. I'm just saying like, it's not one of the romances that's going to go down my book of like, oh, Okay, I you guys can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. Okay. Right now. <laughs> yeah, really? what, what? Sorry. So my point was exactly what Sarah said, that um, about their chemistry. The thing is that, Anissa, maybe um, the kind of chemistry that you want between, um, you know, uh, romantic pairs is, is not the kind of warm, comfortable, familiar right. Best dynamic that these two had. Yeah, which which is something that I really enjoyed here. And the thing is that initially their relationship was all about whether Cha, you know, gets the love of the girl that he's loved for decades. That was like something like what sixty percent of the show or seventy percent of the of, of the drama. But when mm. slowly, like when once he starts realizing that she does care about him and he confidently starts wooing her. I loved how he, like, he turns into a man to her. Yeah, he he was he 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 became a man to her. Yeah, that. But also that he nothing much changed. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were still friends. It it's not it like just, suddenly it got with like an extra dimension rather than like. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is that uh, till now, till uh, uh, Cha, you know, sort of like confessed his feelings to Dani or made it obvious. Uh, it was always him looking at her and willing to support her through anything. And she knew that he was there. It was a very subconscious accepted thing. It was lovely. That was great. But now she's actively looking at him. When she suffers a blow in the workplace, she comes home to sort of like lay her head on his chest. It's just that for, and I love um, childhood to adult romances like those. I, I, I love that trope, like friends to lovers. Um, and this has been done especially well because they have kept that comfort 
that you that comes with familiarity and with like caring about someone so much that you accept their flaws and their goodness everything and there's very little new to discover about them and still you find them so fascinating it's just all of that put together i i just think their romance really worked for me because they got those elements right so even though i wasn't i wasn't feeling or or seeing sensing much physical chemistry i didn't need that that wasn't what i was looking for in this in this romance this was this was the perfect romance for me like it's just i am going to rewatch this yeah no i mean i i i agree with everything that you said like i i agree that the acting and the writing was really really good i just wasn't feeling it and i mean that no i mean i'm going to rewatch this for the romance i'm going to rewatch this for that for for chai you know is um, um like amazingly long crush on on kangnani and and the many ways he's expressed his love for her and she never understood and that amazing moment when she did understand and right. and then she started noticing more and more of his gestures it just i loved all of it I'm happy for you. I'm just, I'm just saying it's like a very personal. In the end, this it is, is a it personal is, it preference, is. right? It like is. that's I, true. I appreciate that you're trying to convince me, but I'm I'm like no, 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 yeah. no. I I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just fangirling because I love it. Okay. Yeah. No. No. And I agree that like it was written beautifully. And it's a great uh, drama for um, Isang Suk to go to Amyeon. So. Agree. Yes. Oh yeah. We're sad. Bye, Jinxook. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good. Yeah, we'll see you when you come back. Good Riley. Okay. What is easier, video jockey or something? I have no idea. He's um. So Saya was telling us last time we couldn't include it in the last yak, but I think he has some kind of uh, uh some kind of an accident or he hurt himself at some point. So he's I not in regular yak, active duty. Oh, lost. What's that? It wasn't. It wasn't. I I had to cut it out for time. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah, oh, he okay. had a, an ACL injury. He was in a car accident when he was young. Oh, so right, it was quite right. A serious knee injury. That's right. That he can't do active duty work. Okay. So. Civil. He's in a uh, civilian. Was it not civilian? Civil duty. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I so, don't. So but in, but like we lost him. But Imshuan is back. Yay! It doesn't even feel like two years, and I still haven't forgiven him for King Gloves. Oh, so. I never watched that. So all I have is my love for him. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm going to acknowledge. It's like my my dislike for that show has not faded enough for him to be back so soon. Oh, sorry, but he went. <laughs> he went to army, and you still didn't forgive him. Like, what kind of Pedro fan are you? Well, right. He didn't get to army for me. Yeah, but there's like an inherent forgiveness that is, that is wrapped up in army. Like th- that's just the cultural. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's just Ooh, the cultural guys. momentum of going to the army. I, I, I have, I have, I have a question for you. Like, um, recently there was some discussion about why Korean men go to army. Why it's ma- uh, mandatory? It's because uh, like North Korea and South Korea are in a state of war, even though it's not active. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So if if they do become friends. Do celebrities like they, they? They'll stop going to army, right? I mean, for a long they, time. Because um, we talked about this. Maybe we didn't talk about it in the recording, but we talked about this with um, Adessa Jones maybe on Twitter a while back um, about the possibility of and end, officially ending the war, and that they were in talks about this. I think sometime last year, and they had agreed on something. And I mean, they've it. they've shortened <laughs> the army. They have shortened the length of by a few months i think of how long you have to go to army it's like 20 months or something right? yeah it used to be yeah, more. Years, but it used to be three years i think I, or yeah or like two and a half years but i don't know how quickly if they 
I mean, reunification is not going to happen that quickly. Right. It's no, not going to be anything. Yeah. Like and also, quite some time. I don't know because like... No, but the, I'm just talking about general peace. And if it is peace, then technically you don't need these young men to go to the army. Eventually. Right? I mean, eventually. But I think we're a long way from that still. Yeah. And there's Anything a lot of... There's a lot tied up in like the military and the and the the way that it's tied up with like manhood and the way that it's it, exactly in so in, in yeah. my head i'm thinking know. that if, if if like it stops becoming mandatory for a period where agencies still be sending their you know like male stars off to the army just to give their fans that feeling of oh you're going off to the army <laughs> oh definitely to- not you think they're gonna go <laughs> if it's not mandatory they will never go if it's not mandatory there's but no it way usually it usually does it d- does good stuff for their career i mean I, is- I can't really think mm-hmm. of only in that they're fulfilling the duties of society because like to shirk it is like mm-hmm. a terrible i think thing. it's a lose-lose honestly because if you go, you're not going to be in the public eye for two and a half years and people forget about you. If you don't go, everyone hates you because you tried to get out of it. So like, I don't <laughs> really, unless you're like Yoo Sung Ho and you are a child star and everybody already knows and loves you. Like, cause look what happened to, um, uh, not So Gook. I think he's okay. But like, what's his name? The guy from Park Kyu from Tamara the Island. What's his name? Im Juhan. He has um, never reached the same level of stardom after coming back from the army. Like he just plays second lead roles okay. now, and he and that makes me like genuinely sad because I love him as a lead, and he hasn't really done any lead roles since he came back to the army. But anyway, sorry, I I'm, I'm like making this too long, but that's yeah. No way, I I'm the one who did the digression. Oh, you're welcome. And obviously, like there there are geopolitical. Um, uh, analysts of people who know better about like reunification <laughs> and the military and like politics so we can you're our resident political analyst mm-hmm. though you know yeah that. pretty much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i guess i feel like a little bit of a fraud but... we read all k-pop and soompi and you're like reading does i don't know i don't even know the names she's reading thick books on, on <laughs> six, written six, by six very... textbooks yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff about like colonial modernity and yeah it's lots of fun it's definitely not okay <laughs> and on that note we move on to because it's the first time <laughs> go for it so um after this book finished i was like you know i had this like emotional high and i was like oh, i need something else that feels just like this so of course i went and researched the writer um so because it's the first time is a 2015 youth drama that aired on the cable channel on style um it's from yeah the same writer as romance is the romance is a bonus book not romance is a romance book jung hyun jung um and because, you know, we talked about um, her other works in the I Need Romance franchise and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But this is like a little bit different. And so I was just like checking out the wiki page and hopping from, you know, drama to drama. And I landed on this one. I was like, oh, you know, he's from, I like those. And then I saw the list of actors. And it was like, you know, um, Chermino from Shiny. And I like him from Parang. There's Kim Minje, who uh, was, you know, various things in various things there's Yi Kyung there was even tiny Jung Yujin in this and tiny very brown Jung Yujin it's like oh my god you're brown I love you and um, <laughs> Park Sodam, who I don't like very much because I haven't seen her in anything that I like her in um I was like I know all of these names now um or at least I recognize all of these faces so I started watching it and I was like watching the first episode and I had the strangest feeling that I'd seen it before and then 
I carried on watching. I was like, I've definitely seen this before. I carried on watching. I was like, I have absolutely seen this before. <laughs> and then I went and looked up, you know, what year it was. And it's like, uh, and it wasn't on my list because I keep a very meticulous list of what I watch now. Um, and it wasn't even on my list. So I was like, what? Oh, no, clearly I dropped it by episode one um, at that time. Um, I must have watched it at that time because I, I think I watched it when one episode was out, maybe. And um, yeah, still the same reason I I wanted to drop it for the same reason, which is that the heroine really I just didn't enjoy her. And this is uh, Park So Them being sort of the candiest of candies. And I don't know, there's just something about maybe it's that ugly sort of pixie helmet cut that I just really don't like. But I just didn't like a character at all. But now I'm kind of I've stuck through two and a half episodes just because I like the rest of the cast and. It must have been that the first time I watched it, um, I didn't know who anyone else was. I think the only person I would have recognised then would have been... No, I didn't recognise any of them. Okay, so (laughs) now I know all of them. Um, But I don't even fully know what the drama is about. Why are you watching this? (laughs) You know, writers, they tend to bring the same sort of quality to most of their works. And it's the same... It's in the same line, like it's romance and it's youth romance. What's not to like? I love youth romance. That's true, and I guess, yeah. It's, uh, and E. Kyung is, I think, still a struggling actor in there, um, or at least a wannabe actor. His character or family. in real life? His um, character. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, in a family of overachievers. Oh, I thought you were making a judgment about his acting. Oh, no, 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 I really like him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like him too, I was just wondering. <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm pushing through. I'm like watching it at 1.5 speed or something. So I'll give it another two episodes because sometimes it does take a couple of episodes to get good. Mm. But I guess I'll come back to you. Okay. That was a very unexciting drama. No, it's fine. I um. So last yak we talked about one night in two days. R.I.P. Um. And I was saying how much I enjoyed Yoon Shiyun as um, as one of the cast members on One Night in Two Days. And like, if like for people who aren't aware, like after the whole Burning Sun scandal erupted, Jung Jun was Jung Jun Young was like immediately dropped from the show. Um, but then like they were like, we're not going to air for a couple weeks. First, they were just going to edit him out and just air what they had aired. I mean, had already recorded. Then they were like, oh, we're not going to air for a couple of weeks. We think that'll be too insensitive. Then they said, and then like this insignificant gambling scandal came out about Cha Tehan and Kim Jun-ho, who are like two of the other cast members who I actually really like. And it was like an informal game of golf where they had gambled a few thousand won, I think. And then it just became like, they all, they apologize and quit all their shows. And now it's just been indefinitely canceled. Um, and it's been blocked on their YouTube channel, which they had made it, remember last time I was saying that they had made it available for like international people to watch with subtitles. You can no longer see it on YouTube. They've blocked all of those videos. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I think it's a little strange to block the old videos because... It deletes all of the community and the comments and the views and, you know, it's like invalidating that experience, which a lot of people really loved. And like season three has a really passionate and like 
the the fan base is really strong for season three and i personally think that it's the best it's been the best out of all three seasons because they and i don't know i didn't watch very much of the previous two seasons but like i felt like cast had really great chemistry and then you know there's all this like kim jihak his last couple, few years of life like a lot of that is captured on here and i don't know there were like a lot of there were two episodes or three oh, episodes where they like those are all gone everything is gone because Jung Jun Young was on there from the very first episode of season three. But on the other hand, like, I understand their position too, because it's such a terrible and disgusting violation. And for them to still air those episodes or to make them available, like. And I suppose they, like, make money from that as well, right? Yeah, so they wouldn't yeah. want to profit off those episodes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, it's just sad because it, I got so much enjoyment. That was like the one variety show that I really loved and watched consistently. So, but on the other hand, like bringing him to justice is so much more important than any of this. So, you know, what, what was really weird? Like I was, because of my ear infection, I was editing this episode really late. And by that time, the Burning Sun thing had already come out. And I was listening to you talk about the show at that point and I, I was like damn this is going this is going to hit Anisa so much I was listening and, to it yesterday and I was just feeling kind of sad yeah yeah I think I think Saya said it really well um, when she posted on uh, DB that it's kind of like a time capsule um, situation that segment that yeah. we recorded yeah when I was listening to it and then I posted it on Twitter I was like this unintentionally became my like last goodbye <laughs> I'm like you know <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like, what can you do? That there's just like horrible men ruining things for everybody else. That's not a new. That's not a new thing. Surprising. But it's sort of my long intro to um, talking about why I started watching Your Honor. Which um, last month, Saya, you said you should watch Your Honor if you miss seeing Yoon Shiyun on screen, which I had had been missing seeing him in dramas. And um, it did definitely took away the bad taste left in my mouth from the best hit, which made me like extremely ragey Yay. and upset. Um, and it was just like a really nice, it's not like a super intense, but it has enough drama and enough like thrills to keep you like, you know, engaged. And I cared about, you know, all the conflicts and him as himself and him as his twin brother or like that doesn't make sense Yoon Shun as the two different brothers like <laughs> instantly knew who he was playing in that moment he played identical twins yeah, yeah he plays identical twins and like one of them is the hero so he and like in the beginning the way when he when he is playing the hero he mugs for the camera so much <laughs> but for some reason some people like, didn't like that but I found it really funny I mean I usually hate that but with YouTube like he's just so charismatic and so yeah. funny that like I didn't mind honestly I was just like oh I love you so he um he did a really good job and he you know he really sells the emotion and he really sells the comedy and the the heroine was generally very good i liked her a lot and i liked that she had her own journey i remember you had mentioned when you were watching it that like they did a good job with the sexual assault sort of um and like harassment storylines um and i agree they really did a good job in showing how workplace harassment sort of plays out in real life and also the consequences for a person who like actually tries to get their rapist convicted and how humiliating and horrifying like the whole process of like going to court can be 
and how difficult it is to actually get justice and how these like jerks with money can just like get away with all of this and the fallout from that. So I really appreciated how well that was done in contrast to some like other dramas that aired in 2018. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, actually concurrently airing, I, th- I think. Um, oh, really? Wow. With, you know, the drama. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, and it was just like a really nice love story. It was a nice journey for the main character who goes from this like gangster to someone who has like a sense of justice and really wants to make the world a better place. I liked the um, the twin brothers storyline with his girlfriend slash ex slash I don't know what, but like the reporter. I liked her arc of like, she had even had her own little, you know, journey to go through at work as a as an announcer. So yeah, it was just really well done. The mom was trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, that mom always plays terrible moms. That actress always plays. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. I, I really I highly recommend it. It's an enjoyable watch that is not like stressful if you have a lot of stress going on in your life, like me. So Do we have any we have one more, right? We have uh one. yes. This is a web drama that I picked up just today, actually. I was just um browsing Vicky to figure you out what it up, I- did you? <laughs> <laughs> I and uh, to explain that pun, uh, the drama is called I Picked Up a Celebrity on the uh, Street. Um, so, okay, do you guys remember Kim Gayun uh, from um, I Hear Your Voice? Like, she was the school. Um, oh, I love her, yeah. Kim girl who was a bit of a bully. Yeah. Oh, she and she had a crush on. Um, She's the one with the blonde hair. The one with the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, the yeah. one with the face on hair. Yeah, yeah, that one. And she's like, she's adorable. She she's always a good actress. So, and this is the first time I'm seeing her in something after that. I, I think I might have seen her in something in the middle, but it was really- because this life is her first. She was also in that one of the friends. Yeah, she was. I I don't have um, any memory of her, which tells you how like this. Yeah, that was not. She had the storyline with uh, Kim. Minsuk. Yeah. You know, the long term the couple, couple. The couple that kept breaking up and getting back together. The, yeah. So oh, yeah. Friend. I did not like that couple. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And the thing is, um, so she is doing this. She's playing this character, but she's a contract employee. She's up for, you know, the permanent employee position, but like her boss is really shit. And something goes wrong in her workplace and she gets the blame for it. Like they, they blame her for it. Basically, they make her the path. And she gets fired right before she gets promoted into a permanent position. So she's in this horrible mood and she's ready to kill her boss. And it so happens that her company is um, sort of has a contract with this really famous actor, singer guy who's played by uh, Sanghoon. And uh, like initial, like when they're showing his uh, sort of fan meets and stuff, they actually show the real Sanghoon's fan meet clips from the real Sanghoon's fan meets oh, cool. and stuff, which is kind of like a... <laughs> Like a cute meta thing. So and then and I, I really like Samhan's character here because um he okay, so, so the first actual acting moment that you have, he's walking uh sort of like probably in the airport, like coming uh, back from flight or something, and his fans are sort of like rushing towards him and the airport guards I think are trying to stop them from getting to him. And then one of the guards I think accidentally grabs one of the girls I don't know, waste, which is not actually that harmful. But he goes, um, sort of like reaches out, sort of pulls the girl to him and kind of declares loudly that I'll not tolerate anyone misbehaving with my fans. And that that becomes like an internet sensation moment. And he's later on re-watching that clip and he's asking his, like, you know, the managers and stuff like, oh, so has this become viral yet? Are there articles out about this yet? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I like his character. So now the thing is that he is in a contract with the company where Kim Ga Yoon's character works, and he refuses to sign the contract and sort of runs away. And um, it just so happens that he is in an alley where. Um, Okay, I have to backtrack a bit. Kim Ga Yoon is in a murderous mood because her boss kind of threw her under the bus, and she is super, super drunk. She is just about ready to do murder. What she does is she takes off her uh, shoe and kind of hits her boss on the head. But turns out it isn't her boss; it's the actor, and um, she recognizes him and she thinks that he's dead. So she has to hide his body. So she takes him back to her place. And keeps him hostage so he can't run to the cops, as you do, as you do. And the thing is that I just watched the. No, no, I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm in my head. I was going, ah, this is gonna be a Stockholm syndrome story, ah. And I actually don't know if it is or not. But the first episode, <laughs> the production value in this thing is amazing. I have not watched a lot of web dramas, but this one is. I'm just. I don't know much about what how how the story develops uh, henceforth, but the acting is top notch at least from the two leads. That's a given, so I'm looking forward to their chemistry. But what I have to talk about is the intro. The I had already read the synopsis, so I knew this part, like what the basic premise is of the first episode, and I went into this expecting sort of a rom commy situation, right? But the intro is that of like a thriller procedural. Oh, right? <laughs> it's 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 I, it completely throws you <laughs> off, and when the drama starts, it starts with the moment when she when she's standing in this al- darkened alleyway with this man lying at her feet with blood pouring out of his head and like sort of, and it's oh it's very noir and it's uh, and she has this thought in her head where she's like murdering someone is like uh, breaking a beloved doll, and you don't actually feel any guilt until the moment when you. When it occurs to you that what happens when mom finds out, and that's the moment when you start panicking. And I loved it. That was so great. Like, just I I can't explain it. The intro was like so amazing. <laughs> I'm looking at the poster, and I presume this is like the scene where there's like you know someone's body is lying on the floor of what looks like a rooftop apartment, and she's dressed up in like goggles and gloves and it, this is a very it, 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 does, it, it has it, it's very wonky and it's very weird this and i love nuts, it but i actually it sounds great also i yeah. love sungoon so much I I watched him in I think my secret romance I hadn't I haven't watched the full uh, I think I watched the first six episodes or so and again a drama that is so tropey and so two thousands that it was like a bit painful for me to watch but um I loved him in it I I really really liked yeah, him yeah I first saw him in um five children and it's a that's like a fifty episode family drama but his storyline was with. Uh, what's her name? The female lead from um, Thirty But Seventeen. I can't remember her she name right it? now. She oh, yeah, yeah. She, she was like that was like her breakout role as the youngest daughter, and her love line was with Sungwoon, who's like this famous golf player. Um, it was so funny in that, and their love story was so cute. Like everything about is the rest of the drama worth watching? Because yeah. I would watch it for these two. Yeah, it's actually really good because I like the main couple. Like the the third secondary couple was eh, whatever, but the actors were really good, so it worked. And like the the parents get a little interfery and stuff, but main it's just mainly like the story of a woman who's divorced and she has 
like three kids and she meets this man who's a widower he has two kids and it's like their love story of finding each other again if you're in the mood for family drama then i think it's good like it does drag in some parts but you can just skip those did you know that someone was 36 wow really he looks at least like he looks 25 he does (laughs) yeah no, I really like him as an actor. He's so funny. Like, usually people who are that good looking are not that funny. He's also in this atrocious, terrible, awful drama. Um, Noble My Love? Noble My Love, yes. <laughs> oh my god, don't watch it. It's the worst. The <laughs> acting is so painful. The writing is so cringeworthy. It's, the production <laughs> quality is so terrible. It's so problematic, like, in terms of its the way that they treat each other. It's the worst. Yeah, don't ever watch it. Shall I read you the two-line two um, summary? Yeah. Lee Kang-un is a wealthy heir who is attractive, but he cares little for the feelings of other people. Uh, Cha yun so who is the heroine, is a cheerful and lovely veterinarian who runs her own animal hospital. After the two meet in an unexpected crisis, can feelings of dislike turn into feelings of love? Just imagine the worst possible <laughs> version of that story. And that's what <laughs> yeah, because that sounds quite typical, doesn't it? Like... You know, it but it's the worst. Have a like, table candy. <laughs> yeah, like he treats her like an insect for the oh. first half the drama. She's a, it's just the worst. Yeah, I'm not even gonna talk about it. Do you guys think that 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 trope has died finally in dramas? Like it where will never so- die as long as there are teenage fan girls. <laughs> but do you guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it hasn't there. died out. But at least it's not the dominant narrative anymore. Like before, it was hard to find something that wasn't like that. Like ten. Yeah, years. like we've we've talked about the rise of the beta male and all of that, but now it's just that it's not just the rise of the beta males. It's more like like you have the alpha males, but they take out their um, testosterone emotions on other stuff, not the heroine. <laughs> Even when the dramas do have that kind of hero, like there's more of a tendency to be self-aware about how problematic that is and that they're actually going to be on a journey to become better whereas I think before a lot of dramas were just like this is just who he is and he's just gonna stay like and this it's hot. and she's gonna fall in love with her yeah and it's hot and it's there's nothing wrong with it and she's just gonna turn into a doormat who like follows him around like a puppy and that's the end of their love story like I don't see that as yeah. much I still do see that like he's terrible in the first couple of episodes and he gets to redeem himself, like, that's still a pretty popular trope. Oh, uh, so, okay, for instance, Legal High, you have Jingo, who is mean and dismissive of everyone, but um, you have uh, Xiu and Su's character, who, is, who would be a doormatty, candy character in other dramas, I guess, but here she's the one who's learning martial arts, and Jingo's the one who's terrified of getting beaten up. Like he's he's like anybody threatens him and he crunches up into a little ball. So it's just mm-hmm. like they, they they play with these uh, characters now, like yeah. the old trope. So I there is more nuance. It. But I I do feel like in some ways the candy chebol has gotten enough of a criticism that now they've shifted to like the really smart guy and the or like the experienced older guy and the young rookie who are in the same workplace or like he's her boss or like he's the sunbay she's the hubei like i think there's more of that so there's still like a power differential mm. but it's 
sort of which is why I love thing. whenever they have a Nuna romance because the power differential kind of gets corrected a bit and I like that Somewhat. there are more and more Nuna romance with every year yeah yeah somewhat although even when there is a Nuna romance it always has to be that she is in a subordinate position to him and he's like better off in every way and the only thing that she has over not him always there's the witch's romance yeah there is encounter oh yeah, yeah. Boyfriend. I'm sure there's more as well yeah, but those are yeah. unusual. Like you have to admit, most of the time, probably yeah. yeah. At, at least I, at this point, that is still sort of norm. I I would like to see more dramas where the woman is in the more established position and the guy is still struggling, as he should. Um, oh, Dalja Spring again. Yeah. Uh, the guy is still struggling there, right? Yeah, I mean, Dalja Spring was so good. Also, he, he was just good in every way. So yeah, bad. and I do, I do. <laughs> It's also one of those where the woman is in the position of power, but like I know that wasn't a great drama, but like there were things that I really enjoyed about it. So it was it was bad though. I know it was one of those where like I knew it was bad, but I I was enjoying it anyway. Okay, just Kim Sanai as that character was such a killer, like in the best way. She was so good. Yeah, she's basically this um, really powerful CEO at a shoe company, and he's like this unemployed bum, and they have like a one night stand. She ends up pregnant, uh, and then he like ends up running into her in like a workplace environment, or like or like his he works with his dad as a cobbler, and somehow they cross paths. I don't know, but anyway, it's a whole thing. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound bad apart from your warning. <laughs> it wasn't a bad concept. Um, but Im Soo Young was the second lead and she couldn't act back then. And also her character was really vapid and terrible. And then like, it just wasn't well written, sadly. But there were a lot of things that I liked about it. But anyway, that I, I don't recommend it. So please, please don't go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so, All that and then you end with, I don't recommend it. <laughs> well, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, I haven't really found a lot of satisfying good dramas where the woman is older and she's also not like in a really disadvantaged position at least in the beginning yeah. you know it's like they have to balance out the fact that she's older and she has somehow his power by making him like richer more successful better looking you know all of those things we can hope for like from from those dramas that have built up certain tropes that we never expected to see in these dramas we can hope for even better ones in the future yeah like every drama paves the way for a better drama agree exactly for sure so um, wraps up our drama list doesn't it it does pretty much yeah cool oh before we move on i haven't actually watched this but i've been hearing really good things about spring turns to spring i think that's what it's called with kimeja um it's also known as radiant yeah. Okay, that's the one that I I really want to watch. Okay, it's got Han Jimin, Kim Jiheja, Nam Juhyuk, and uh, Son Ho Jun. This is the mean, one the we cast... were making fun of about like amazing women. And which one is not like the others? <laughs> Nam Juhyuk, yeah, that one. But I definitely am gonna watch this because I've heard so many good things about it. So yeah, I just wanted to like get, give a shout out to that because I know a lot of people have been loving it. I've been planning to watch this as well. So. Yeah, now that like my two favorite dramas are kind of done for like this is this is it. 2019 has peaked with romance. Uh, is a bonus book. For me. <laughs>